Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it's Monday, July 18th. I'm Carol Gold, and welcome to Think for Yourself. I've often talked about on past podcasts how, for a great portion of my life, I lived in two worlds. One was my left brain, logical, rational lawyer mode, and the other was my right brain, my intuitive, creative side. Literally, I had different sets of friends for each one of those aspects of myself, and it took me a very long time to figure out that both were me, and I had to devise a way that I integrated them both so that I wasn't living so much of a schizophrenic life where I was one way to a certain group of people and another way to another group of people because those two groups of people seem to be mutually exclusive of one another and not even like one another. In reality, what I came to learn is that, like me, most people are comprised of some rationality and some degree of intuition. For some people, that manifests as a connection to God or to organized religion. But to other people, it's a much more spiritual and metaphysical connection. Regardless of how it plays out, We all have those components within ourselves, just as we all have male-female within ourselves. And the goal is to take those two seemingly incompatible aspects and blend them or harmonize them to the extent that coexistence happens with ease. I think it's going on in the country right now. I think in many ways, we appear to be living in two different realities. I mean, literally two different realities. But I hearken back to that's how I felt for a long time within myself. The reason I say it about the nation is because we live in, or at least part of this country right now, and I don't know what that percentage is, but it's a percentage sufficient enough that it has the bully pulpit. It has the media, it has the microphones, it has the means of making itself heard easily through the technology. Again, I don't know what the numbers are, but that particular group are living in a reality where the economy is doing okay for them. And to some extent, even prospering. We hear that from people within the the administration. They're living in a reality where The prioritization of LBGTQ plus issues is receiving greater attention than are the concerns about crime or education or even immigration. They're living in a reality where it's humanitarian to allow millions of people into our country by bypassing our immigration laws. They're living in a reality where disarming citizens or at least limiting our Second Amendment rights without amending the Constitution, which is the way to do that, is their goal. 
They're living in a reality where there's no acceptance or responsibility, even to this day, of how the COVID lockdowns were handled or the damage that they did sociologically or economically. They're living in a reality where it's okay that representatives of our government attend functions in other countries, such as just happened in France on Bastille Day, when two of our Biden administration appointees showed up dressed in drag. Men, one of them in a low-cut dress with high heels and jewelry. They're living in a reality where convicted male criminals who identify as women get placed in women's prisons only to impregnate female prisoners. It's happened in California. It just happened in New Jersey. They're living in a reality where overriding, or even worse, ignoring the requests and the intentions of of parents is the norm, while humoring and kowtowing to teachers' unions about how education should take place for their own children, the children of the parents who are raising their concerns. They're living in a reality where the crisis at our border caused so many lockdowns at the schools in Uvalde between April and June, specifically because of the risks to the children based on illegals running around the city who had come across the border and were a threat to the safety of the children, that the 9-11 call on that faithful day when the Uvalde school was attacked by that maniac were not taken all that seriously because they had so many prior scares. They're living in a reality where aborting babies as late as delivery and sometimes even beyond is advocated for. Now, look, I could take every one of those and address it as its opposite because that's how the other people in this country feel. So we are dealing with polar opposite views on each and every one of those issues. I'm a lawyer, but I'm a mediator as well. In my profession, I help people find sufficient common ground to settle their differences. But mediation presupposes rationality on the part of the participants. Half of this country or more does not perceive that other group that has the megaphone, that is in the administration, that holds positions of power as being rational, as being mentally fit, or as even being available to try to seek common ground. You know, when someone demands that they get everything they want or else, regardless of the cost to others who who may be involved, That's not negotiating in good faith. That's actually not negotiating at all. It's bullying, it's dictatorial, it's abusive, and it's intractable. So the question becomes, how do we bridge this divide? I think that's the question on so many people's minds. And I have said jokingly, half-jokingly, half-jokingly, mind you, for quite a while, that the only thing that will bring us out of this is either the arrival of actual aliens or divine intervention. 
as in either the first or second coming of the Messiah, depending if you're a Jew or a Christian, or a global national disaster. I've said that for a while. It's going to take divine intervention or it's going to take aliens because the only thing that's going to unite us is a third party, an outside event happening that draws us all together and makes us remember something. The thing it has to make us remember is called oneness. I've written about oneness. I wrote about it in my book, The Questions God Will Ask, Prepping for the Final Exam. And I don't often push it on the show because I'm a bad marketer of my own work, but it's on Amazon and it's elsewhere where you can get eBooks or, or, or uh, paperbacks. Again, the questions God will ask prepping for the final exam. I address oneness in that book because I address 12 principles that are basically just different frequencies of energy because I believe at the core of everything, there's just energy. We are energy at our core. At the quantum level, everything is energy. The table, the chairs, the trees, you and me. So if everything is energy, I believe we can look at the solution that way as well. And I think that oneness is the epitome of the highest function of energy. I like to say there's really only one of us. So what does that statement mean, that there's really only one of us? I want to read you a little bit from my book because I've said it there as succinctly as I possibly can. When you're talking about oneness, it means that we're all connected despite the illusion of separateness. Think electrical power plant and the energy it transmits across power lines to individual homes in providing electricity. Is any of that energy really separate? What about the plant where the energy is originating from? What about the lines that it's crossing? What about the houses that it's powering? What about the people receiving it? All of that is energy in motion. Quantum physics has shown us at the subatomic level that everything is energy. It is the essence of existence. So here's a quote from my book. This commonality links us even if we're unable to see the link or identify the precise location from where it emanates. Now, I believe it emanates from a single source and that we only have a perception of separateness. And I think that's the case because in a great deal of mythology and in most of the major religions, particularly of the West, there is this concept of a single source creator or a single source of energy emanation, however you want to look at it. And simply because we can't prove the existence of that source emanating vibrations of energy doesn't negate the essential truth about our relationship to it and our relationship to one another. I like the analogy that Shakespeare created Hamlet. Hamlet exists because of Shakespeare's creation. Shakespeare exists in Hamlet, but Hamlet is not Shakespeare. So if I turn that into humans and our relationship to an original creator and our relationship to one another, there is an original creator that created all of us or a point of, let's call it embarkation, where 
everything came out of that point. Well, that point necessarily is in everything. It's in each and every one of us, regardless of our apparent perception that it's not or that we're not all connected through that single emanation. So there's only one of us. If that's true, if there's a single point of emanation that is creation and it's in all of us, it doesn't make us the creator, but it makes us have a commonality that connects us all to one another and to that creator. Why do we disconnect from that flow of source energy? Why do we do that? If, if it's our fundamental and basic connection, if to nothing else to one another, why do we disconnect it? Why do we disconnect from it? What are we so fearful of about the concept of oneness? Well, I think it's this. I think if you believe that, it implies the imperative to do no harm. Because if there's only one of us, then everything that is done to one of us is being done by one of us. Meaning, everything that is done to the one is done by the one. All harm that we do and all the good that we do, we are doing it not to anybody else. We are doing it to ourselves. All cause and effect, all consequences are experienced by the one which makes you and me personally responsible for our thoughts and our actions. And I think that's what we're scared of. We're scared of that personal responsibility because once you disconnect from that concept that we're all connected, the pressure's off. In a mindset of separation, you feel justified in judging others and placing either excessive or diminished value on them. It's how you create distinction without a difference, really. But it's very counterproductive. The way that it's usually done is through fear, or done because of fear. We fear what we think is different from us. And in perceiving difference and being frightened of it because we think we don't understand what it is, we attack it we make an attempt to devalue it or to diminish it somehow. And that's what's happening. Where we are today in this country is because we disconnected from source. I don't care if you call it God. I don't care if you call it the big computer in the sky. I don't really care what you call it. What I care about is that in disconnecting from source, We have this illusion that we have nothing in common with one another, or at least in the United States of America today, half or more than half of us have nothing in common with the rest of us. And that's an illusion that allows a couple things to happen. It allows the fear to grow. It allows those people who have malintent, who want to laud over others, who want to create good slaves, It allows them to feed off of that and to continue to have us believe that in fact we have nothing in common. Each and every one of us is somewhat different, somewhat unique. That's the divinely created, free-willed, unique individuals that I often talk about. Every one of us is one of those. 
but every one of us is also part of that emanation of that original source of energy. And the solution to where we are isn't aliens and it isn't a global natural disaster. The solution is to reconnect to source so we can remember that, yes, we have responsibility, personal responsibility for how we think and how we act. But we also have a planet full of individuals who on a very basic level are just another you and another me. They bleed the same. They experience emotions. They have dreams and disappointments. We all do. There's only one of us. And until we remember that, until we begin to act like it, until we begin to treat others as if it's true, the bad actors, both in this country and outside of it, will prey on us. They will prey on that illusion. They will prey on that disconnect. And as long as they do, and as long as we don't awaken from this dream state that somehow we're separate and disconnected from one another, we will continue to be manipulated and enslaved and living in fear. The solution is quite simple. Reconnect to a source that is available to you. Reconnect within yourself to a higher voice, to a greater good. And when you do, you will find you're not alone there. There's a whole planet full of people that can meet you at precisely that point of emanation. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again on Wednesday. And until I am, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.